Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today with Stuart Willey and Laura Cook. A vote today in Hungary's parliament is the last hurdle for Sweden to join NATO. Our correspondent explains what it all means and how it gives the alliance a chokehold around Russia. It's been a rocky road, but the traditionally neutral country of Sweden looks set to become the 32nd member of the NATO military alliance. The last bump in that road was Hungary's Prime Minister, Viktor Orban. We will approve Sweden's NATO accession, he says, speaking in Hungary's parliament this afternoon. His country dropped its veto as part of an agreement that will see Swedish fighter jets transferred to Hungary. With us on The World in 10 is The Times defence correspondent George Grills. George, is this move a big deal? It is a big deal, yes. Sweden is the second country to join NATO since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, along with its neighbour, Finland. Both countries were historically non-aligned, but they were sort of convinced that the threat posed by Russia justified the need for them to to, to overcome that. In, in terms of what Sweden brings to NATO, it is quite a lot. I think geographically, it finishes, it, it basically completes NATO's chokehold of the Baltic. So all of the countries lining the Baltic now, apart from Russia, are members of NATO, meaning that, you know, they have basically total control uh, of one of the crucial Russia's crucial waterways. And there's a specific island, Gotland, in the middle of the Baltic that again, presents a a very, very handy military base for NATO. They also have plenty of kit. They have domestically produced submarines, which are well adapted for working in the Baltic. They have uh, domestically produced fighter jets. Um, So so all those things, I think, are are a massive win for for NATO to have. What's been behind this 18-month delay in getting Sweden into NATO? There was a bit of diplomatic wrangling going on with the Turks. It concerned the Kurdish population in Sweden, which Erdogan sort of argued were were being protected by the Swedes. And so there was a a lot of wrangling there and it was tied to a US fighter jets deal. Turks wanted to buy US fighter jets. Anyway, that that was resolved. And then we moved on to Hungary. They also 
had objections. Hungary has historically, well, certainly under Orban, pursued a more pro-Russian sort of line within Europe. Uh, but but again, it seems this was part of a negotiating tactic because as soon as Sweden agreed to sell then these Grippens, these fighter jets, and for, for a deal to sort of be got over the line, suddenly all their objections uh, magicked away. George, thank you very much. As Ukraine marks the second anniversary of the war with Russia, a call is being made for opponents of the Kremlin to overcome their fear of President Putin and step up their resistance to the invasion. That call is being made by the mayor of Kiev, Vitaly Klitschko. In an interview with The Times, he says the war is a tragedy for Russia as well as Ukraine. The former heavyweight world boxing champion is half Russian through his mother. Война война это большая трагедия. Трагедия для Украины. И не секрет, это трагедия большая для России. Speaking here to our correspondent in Kyiv, Mark Bennett, Klitschko explains that he doesn't hate Russians. It's not a matter of nationality, he says. He hates those who want to kill Ukraine and their ideology. Now, since ordering the invasion, Putin has launched a ruthless crackdown on dissent in Russia. Around 20,000 protesters have been arrested at anti-war rallies and people have been handed long prison sentences for even symbolic opposition to the invasion. Just this month, Alexei Navalny, the imprisoned opposition leader, died in a harsh Russian prison camp in the Arctic. Western leaders say he was murdered. Navalny had described the invasion as a crime, calling on Russians to rise against Putin. We'll come back to Mr Navalny in a moment. But the message from Vitaly Klitschko is clear. He says Russians need to tell Putin that they're against their sons, husbands and brothers being killed. They need to wake up and overcome that fear. But Mark told us a little earlier that this appeal is unlikely to have much impact right now. Those Russians that do oppose Putin have either fled the country or are sitting sitting tight and scared in Russia due to the wave of political repression that's unparalleled in Russia since the, since the days of Joseph Stalin. When Klitschko says that the war is also a tragedy for Russia... That's a fairly controversial comment for Ukraine because it was Russia that invaded Ukraine. Although 350,000 Russian troops have been killed or injured, you're unlikely to find any, very many, if any, people in Ukraine who have any sympathy for them at all. Mark there refers to the numbers of Russians killed or injured. Over the weekend, President Zelensky put the number of Ukrainian soldiers killed during the conflict. He said 31,000 soldiers had lost their lives. It's the first time Kyiv has confirmed that number. He defended the numbers as accurate, despite others, including Putin and sources in the US, saying the actual total is far higher. Navalny's mother, it's been a long wait. The body of the Russian opposition leader was finally handed over at the weekend, nine days after his death. That wait sparked an outcry from his family, from supporters 
and from religious figures. Now there's a new twist in the story. As allies say, Mr Navalny was close to being freed in a prisoner swap. The Times journalist Alida Naylor told us more. This is this is all um, from one source, so Pevchik, who was basically Navalny's deputy and chair of the board of the Anti-Corruption Foundation. She's been saying that after basically years of negotiation and attempts to secure Navalny's release through official diplomatic and unofficial channels, they're at the final stage on the evening of February the 15th. And that on February the 16th, Navalny was killed. And she basically suggested that Navalny's murder was to remove him as a bargaining chip in any prisoner swap negotiations. She said that the swap would involve a former FSB officer and also said that two American citizens were expected to be part of the deal. She didn't name them, but presumably they were Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich and Paul Wellen, who was a former US Marine who's still currently in prison in Russia. So while this is completely speculative, Navalny's team have continued to work on investigations and stunts related to the forthcoming, quote unquote, elections in March, while Navalny has been in prison. And I can see Putin wanting to maybe hurt them as much as possible and perhaps dangling the false carrot of his release before killing him could have been one way of doing that. you're planning to join the 15 million sports fans at this summer's Olympics in Paris and you're also wanting to soak up a bit of the French culture alongside the sport, then you best start saving now. When President Macron promised free access to cinemas, plays and concerts during the Games, he failed to mention museums. And that, it seems, was because institutions like the Louvre are being accused of cashing in on the Olympics at a time when people across Europe are struggling with money. On average, state sites across France are pushing prices up around 15%. They argue they've had to because of inflation. Well, don't say we didn't warn you. And finally, another music legend has been added to the Royal Mint's collectible coins. This year, George Michael. Yes, the coin has been officially approved by his estate and King Charles has formally given his assent to the coins. The range in value from 50 pence to 200 pounds. Showing the Wham star wearing his trademark sunglasses, the coin pays tribute to his 1987 hit, Faith. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow.